Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Who said that? Why did she say that? You did. You did. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's The Real Housewives of Potomac. The women are still in Williamsburg, and we're dealing with the fallout from that Wendy versus Giselle thing that was going on last week. Before I get into any of that, we're going to break down this week's Real Housewives of Potomac. But after the recap, I have an interview with Shamari DeVoe, who was formerly on The Real Houses of Atlanta. She was in a girl group called Black back in the early 2000s, which is fantastic. They had that song, Bring It All to Me. Uh, which there was a remix out with my man, JC, my turtleneck prince. Uh, and then she was just recently on a show on BET called BET Presents the Encore, which was so good. It was produced by Carlos King, and it was lots of drama, great music. And at the end of the series, it was all about forming a girl group. And at the end of the series, this girl group called Blueprint, they released a six-song EP. Now, I was watching the show, loving the show, and then when the EP came out, I was obsessed with these six songs. I thought they were really great, really wonderful music. And I was like, I got to get Shamari on the show. So we talk all about Blueprint, uh, that show. We talk about Black, filming Bring It On. She was in Bring It On. So I'll put the timestamp in the episode description if you want to skip ahead to that interview. Uh, but for now, we got to talk about The Real Housewives of Potomac. You guys, this was a good episode. Again, last week we were dealing with all of that Wendy versus Giselle stuff. And Robin both on this episode and even last week too, she's pretending like she doesn't know what the rumors are. And this week she does even say, like she acts like she didn't know anything. And I'm really, uh, in the words of Mia, you did. You did. I think she knew. I think Robin knew everything that was going on. And Wendy had even said in like a blog or an interview or something, unclear. But Wendy was giving an interview recently and I saw the headlines. You know, I didn't listen to the interview, so forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. But I do believe that Robin knew about these rumors, and I think Robin was maybe the first or one of the first people to bring these rumors to Wendy. So now when we're seeing her on screen acting like she didn't know what was going on, I'm thinking, you did. You did. (laughs) You did. (laughs) I'm going to keep playing that, you guys. Mia, I'm loving messy Mia. Loving her. Because she's just doing so much. She's doing so much. Anyway, uh, the women haven't even had any food at this point. They've been doing the whiskey tasting. Remember Mr. Copperpots, who was the whiskey man? He has left the building. Uh, but the women haven't eaten. Giselle says, look, I need a piece of rice. I need something to eat. And the food does eventually arrive. And Wendy's like, I'm not breaking bread with that bitch ass, she says in regards to Giselle. And when she said bitch ass, I do have to just say, I had a friend, this girl named Whitney, that when I was in grade school, I remember some girl, some bully, And this was not okay, and I'm not supporting this, but I remember some bully tied her shoelace to the bus, okay? So we all rode on the bus together. And this girl, this really evil girl, and I'm not even going to give her the... I'm not even going to say her name because she was truly like one of the meanest people I've ever come in contact with. But back in the day, we were getting on the bus, and uh, we all lived sort of like neighbors with each other in different neighborhoods or whatever. And we get to this woman named Whitney's spot, And the bus driver stops, and Whitney gets to get up, and she can't because her shoe's tied to the bus. And she was so embarrassed, and everyone was – no one knew that this other bully had tied Whitney's shoe to the bus. I mean, it was truly like, what an awful, mean thing to do. And poor Whitney didn't even know how to react. She was like trying to keep it cool, so she just like sits down. And then the the asshole bus driver – he storms, he just keeps driving, even though he knows, I think, that Whitney didn't get off at her stop. So this poor uh, girl didn't even get to get off at her stop. She has to untie her shoelace and then get off at the next stop and then walk extra far home. And so I remember a couple of us got off with her at the next stop just to, you know, be nice and friendly because this other asshole that was on the bus. Anyway, so Whitney gets off the bus and she is like livid. This young, we were in like seventh grade or something. This girl, Whitney, was like livid. And she just yells out that this bully, she goes, she's an ass bitch. And I remember, 
I remember all of us like, what's an ass bit? Like, you know, when you're just sort of yelling out an obscenity and you don't even know what it exactly means. Um, but Whitney yelled, she's an ass bitch. And then after that, like Whitney even would laugh about it too. Like as the years would go by, we would always see each other and be like, oh, you're an ass bitch. Like in a playful way, in a playful way. Because ass bitch, doesn't, you're just yelling out obscenities. And anyway, that bully, I don't know if she ever heard uh, Whitney's wrath when she said, you're an ass bitch. Um, but I just like that bully. I know she's not listening, but she knows who she is. And she did tie someone's shoelace to a bus. And kids can be cruel. And you just don't do that. I mean, it's not a funny joke. Oh, kids are the worst. And I'll be honest with you guys. I'm a crier. I would have cried if somebody tied my shoe to the bus. I mean, Whitney kept it together, this young young woman. I don't know what Whitney's up to these days. You know, I haven't seen her since the ninth grade. But, uh, you know, my heart goes out to her. And I would have just been in a puddle of tears after somebody tied my shoe to the bus. And so if you're out there, if mom's out there, if you got kids, make sure your kids aren't bullies. You know, don't. I know on the housewives, they're always throwing around that word bullies. But a real bully is someone who ties someone's shoe to the bus so they can't get off of their stop. So, you know, moms, ask your kids that. Your your sons, your daughters, you know, your kids, just ask them, hey, are you tying anyone's shoe to the bus? Because that's inappropriate. And then you need to give them some law and order. And make sure those kids are in line. Don't raise no bullies, you know, moms and dads. Sometimes you might not even know. I'm not a parent. I don't know. But check with your kids. Just ask them that. Say, you know, Danny, Uncle Danny wants to know if you're tying anyone's shoe to the bus. You know, <laughs> just tell them. Tell them. Say, sit them down, say, hey, little bear, are you tying anyone's shoe to the bus? And if they are, you know what? Punish them. Okay, that's all I'll say. That I don't get off my high horse. Anyway, okay, so uh, Wendy's not uh, breaking bread with that bitch ass, which bitch ass, too, I just want to say, makes more sense than ass bitch. But I still like ass bitch a little bit better. You know, ass bitch. <laughs> ass bitch. You're an ass bitch. You know, some people are ass bitches, and that needs to be said. Now he said it. Okay, so then Wendy, Karen, and Escala got to go to that little shack that they're staying in. You know, they got to go to that tiny little home. They they keep calling it a cottage. But really, it is kind of mean that they're putting them in that cottage. Now, I sort of thought it was cute the first couple of weeks. And now that we keep going back there, I'm like, get me out of this this little place. Like, this is not a place for housewives. Get them out. Uh, and they keep sort of closing the door on Escala. Do you notice this? Like, every time they're going somewhere, Escala just gets, like, the door sh- slammed on her face. The women do leave with a bunch of food, which I appreciated. They get back to their little tiny home. And uh, they sit down, and Karen says uh, to Wendy, she says, Giselle likes to buttfuck you without permission. And she says, excuse me, that's how I feel. Now, Karen is just really elated over the fact that Wendy went after Giselle. And that's something we're going to watch play out over time because Karen hates Jizzy. And she's so thrilled that now Wendy is letting her have it. And Wendy did let her have it last week. I mean, that was just some good... Wendy was really giving it to her. Back at the actual nice house, Candace sticks up for Wendy a little bit. Again, Candace is just maturing quite a bit. I like it. And Giselle, she kind of... This is the part where she throws Wendy under the bus and says, like, if she can't handle it, she shouldn't be around this group if she can't handle rumors. Now, here's what I want to say. I don't care if I'm on TV, off TV, whatever. You know, if somebody talks about your man, I do think that most people would have a similar reaction to Wendy. Now, I know some of us watching will say, oh, she's losing it too much. It must mean where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't think that's a real thing. Okay, because anyone out there, if you're in a committed relationship, if somebody's talking about your significant other, like, fuck that person, you're going to lose it. Okay, I don't care. We can all sit here and view this program and say, oh, she's she's getting too defensive. And that must mean there's truth to these rumors. No, I don't believe that. I just think that there's a loyalty with your significant other. And if someone's talking shit, you need to let them have it. Okay, so that they know they can't talk shit about your man. I do think, though, on Potomac, they put too much emphasis on the relationship with the man. Do you get what I mean? I feel like it's constantly, like, you don't have a man, and you, your man don't love you. And so I, I will say that that's too much in Potomac, and it seems to be a Potomac trait, where it's like, it doesn't matter if you're single or whatever. If you're single, great, good. Uh, I don't think we should be insulting each other by saying, like, you don't have a man. And they do that a lot on Potomac, and I wish they would stop. Uh, however, if you do have a man and someone's coming after and saying oh, this and that in the blogs, I would lose it. If somebody's saying that about Matt, fuck that. Uh, Devil Danny will come out. Demon Danny will come out. <laughs> 
Wendy does cry, though. And when she did cry at the cottage, Karen got her paper towel. And I thought, that's not nice. That ain't nice. Get her like a softer piece of paper, you know. When you're crying a paper towel, you know, a paper towel, a napkin, that doesn't work. It gives you the red eye. Then all of a sudden you look like you're stoned or something because you get red eye from the, the harsh material that you're trying to wipe your tears with. I've wiped t- plenty of tears with a hard piece of paper. You know, this, this past week was a tough week for me. You know, I, was, uh, I don't want to get into it, but you know, I was crying quite a bit and I certainly couldn't cry into some paper towels. I needed a soft, uh, a tissue, a hanky or a tissue. And I only like the tissues with the moisturizer on them. You know, they sell those, the Kleenex with the moisturizer. That's what I need. And Karen just got her paper towel. I was like, Karen, can't you take a couple extra steps? Even the toilet paper would be better than that. A couple extra steps. Uh, anyway, Robin and Giselle think that they're back at the nice house and they sort of are saying that they think Wendy should have reacted nice. And I was like, what? I mean, some of the things they were saying, I just think, I think Giselle and Robin are so mean and like they're, they, I get like a mean girl vibe from them. And then I also hate how Robin's always, there was one moment this episode where she's like, should we be mad at Ashley? And she asked Giselle that. And it's like, Robin, you decide if you're mad at Ashley. Like, I, what's that? It feels like she's always deferring to Giselle. And I'm just like, ugh, just have your own opinion on it. And then in terms of like the Robin and Juan stuff, and I I hate to even talk bad about Robin because you know I love my Robin. I do. Rock and Robin. <laughs> Wait, isn't that a song? Rock and Robin. Tweet, tweet, tweet. I love my Rock and Robin. And uh so I hate to talk poorly about her. But even with the husband stuff, with the Juan stuff, she's trying to prove that like this is a real relationship. And then every time they show her calling Juan, uh, he just hangs up on her. He's like, okay, I got to go. Like, I don't think Juan wants to be on the phone with her. I don't think so. Anyway, Ashley, meanwhile, is back at home. She was just there for one day, came in be- like a wrecking ball, uh, and then left. And her husband, Demon Darby, arrives. And he gives her a gift. And he's like, oh, I put extra thought into this. And it's like a ring design with birthstones. And look, I don't believe that he picked that out. I'm sorry. Maybe that's wrong of me. I think... That uh, his assistant or somebody that he works with, he was like, hey, can you go get something nice? Because remember that one, what was it, last week or a couple weeks ago when he said something like, oh, one of the people at the office, one of the girls at the office, he said, well, watch our kids. And I just imagine those poor women in his office. I mean, the things he must put them through. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. And I bet you he made them go get the ring with the birthstones. I don't think that he did it. I don't think he bought it. Maybe I'm wrong. And then Ashley, meanwhile, is like, well, Michael has had a shady past, uh, but he's better now. And I'm thinking, to say the least, like, <laughs> like fucked everyone and, and was knocking everyone's ass who wasn't asking for it. I mean, come on. To say he just has a little shady past. I'm sorry. That's wrong. N-O. N-O. Uh, meanwhile, the next morning, Robin's not hungover somehow, inexplicably. And she doesn't understand why Wendy's mad at her, which I don't get. And then Giselle says hi to Wendy at the pool, like they are all seeing each other for the first time after that big blow up. Giselle says, Wendy, it's good to see you. And Wendy just ignores her. And then Giselle says that's like high school. And I'm like, no, just like to me, Giselle's the one being like high school. Like you're the one who, <sighs> I don't know. You guys, some of you listening who are team Giselle must be mad at me. I know you, you probably don't understand. I can't get on board with this. But I got to compliment Giselle and say she's given us a good TV show. But wow, she's a nightmare, I think. <laughs> in my opinion. In my opinion. Oh, but the most important thing that happened at this pool the next day was that Mia revealed that her husband, or I don't know if it was her husband, the, the man who was fathering her children, her child, left when she was having the baby. He went to the club. She was in the hospital. Picture this. She's in the hospital. He left to go to, uh, he left to go to the club because he couldn't handle the pregnancy and he came back with a PlayStation. Ladies and gentlemen, with a PlayStation. First of all, why the fuck are you leaving for the club? I don't care that you're uncomfortable that about the, around the hospital or whatever. You sit your ass down until the baby comes out, comes out. I'm sorry, you don't just leave to go to a club. And then where are you getting the PlayStation? He must have either went home or went to another store for a PlayStation. And I'm assuming it's a portable PlayStation because I can't imagine that he came back to the hospital and hooked up uh, with, you know, AV cords in the hospital room, a full-blown PlayStation. I have to imagine. I have to hope and believe that it's a PSP or whatever they used to call those. What was it? 
PlayStation Vita. I'm not sure. I'm a Nintendo guy. You know, I'm a Nintendo junkie. So I can't even imagine why he would not get a Nintendo a Switch or I, I don't know what year this was. And one of the Game Boys, the Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy, I, I don't know, one of them. And instead he came with the PlayStation. You know, I'm not very aware of that brand. All I do remember, though, the only thing that came into my mind when they said he came back with the PlayStation, this is crazy, but the only thing that came into my mind was like, I wonder what game he was playing. And I was cracking up, and this isn't going to make any sense, but I got to share this with you. I was cracking up because all I could picture was like, he comes back to the hospital and he's playing. Do you remember they had like Mary Kate and Ashley video games back in the day? This is crazy, but I was just imagining him at the club, and then he's like, oh, I got to get back to the hospital, but I don't want to just sit there. So then he goes to the store, like Best Buy or whatever, Target, walks into a Best Buy, maybe a Circuit City back in the day, I'm not sure. But I had this funny visual in my head of like him getting to the video game aisle, and they didn't have many games for him to choose from, because it was like a last-minute thing. So then I was imagining him having to get like one of the Mary-Kate and Ashley games. <laughs> Which is so stupid, but then I was just picturing him like while his wife's having a baby playing that Mary Kate and Ashley game where they ride horses, or I don't know what I don't remember exactly what happened in those games. You know, I certainly had one for the GameCube, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, I was cracking up thinking of this man, this grown man, just playing Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense, but I was cracking up to myself. Sometimes you gotta, you know, make your own joy when you're watching these things. Then it's revealed that Juan even missed Robin's pregnancies. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with these men? Like, they need to cool it. <laughs> these men are the worst. You, your wife's having a baby or your significant other's having your baby. And you just decide, oh, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, these men all got to go. And then for Robin to say that in the same episode and then to sort of defend her relationship with this man in the next breath, I'm like, this man couldn't even sit with you at the hospital. And then you're trying to like tell Wendy, like, this is a real relationship. It's like, pick a lane. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, the bare minimum, I think, is your man should be at the hospital while you're having his child. I'm sorry, ladies. If you're out there and you're listening and your significant other didn't show up or decided to just leave to go to the club and then go buy a PlayStation, then I'm sorry, you need to get rid of them. You need to go. You need to go. Just get rid of Divorce them right now is what I'm trying to say. I don't like to encourage divorce, but I will in this case. If your man did that, ladies, get a divorce. Okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. I know some men, you know, there's levels to things, and sometimes people screw up. I know we're all human. But if he did that, you need to divorce him. So then Candace says she needs extras for Drive Back, her song they played it, and I love this song. And Ashley, or Candace says it's all about like going back to a relationship. And she says Ashley's car is perpetually in reverse because she keeps going back to that demon Darby. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. Candace is good this season. So then Robin reveals that she was in PDD's Bad Boy for Life, which I loved. Um, and Candace does these uh, auditions for background for her music video, and they're making everybody dance. And they were judging Wendy for being a bad dancer when she was auditioning for this. But then when she was on the pole on the way to Williamsburg, they were giving her such a hard time for how good she was on the pole. And it's, again, pick a lane. I mean, these women, pick a lane. Then we have a tennis scene. What really made me laugh about the tennis scene was like, they kept saying, uh, showing Candace being like, coming in hot, and then the ball would come her way and she'd miss it. Those Bravo editors are so funny, but they were just being so fucking rude when Candace was missing the ball, couldn't play tennis. Then, uh, meanwhile, Karen is back in Surrey. She's getting sworn in. She gives a speech. It's so uh, awkward when Ray decides to get up to the microphone. It's like, well, can I have the mic? And I'm like, Ray, we don't need you behind a mic. Ever. Ever. Ray should never get behind a microphone. And I love my Ray. But I'm not. he's not someone I need to see public speaking. And I don't even think he wanted to do that, but he did do that. And I believe Karen might have put it up for, put him up for it. Uh, Karen mentions though, in the middle of like getting the key to the city, she says like, I'm expanding La Dame. I'm doing candles and aromatherapy. And I got the chills. This is the f- exact feud I needed. It's a candle feud, which is absurd. It reminds me of Rosses of Atlanta when we had the workout video thing happening between Phaedra and Kenya Moore. 
It's the petty kind of housewife feud that I love. And now knowing that these two women are both expanding into the candle market, which again, I say, maybe there's too many candles on the market. We don't need them, but I'm going to buy them all. You know, I'm going to get one of Karen's candles. I'm going to get a Wendy candle. I'm going to be, I have candles out the wazoo. And I hope just, uh, if there are any of them are listening, I hope they do seasonal scents. One of them. I'd love a pumpkin. I'd love a, a peppermint, something for Christmas, something for fall. Please just, that's all I want. Because I was actually thinking about doing a candle. Now I can't because every housewife's doing a candle. But I really thought Matt and I were like looking into doing a candle because I really wanted to do just on the, the, you can go to everything iconic.store. We have a bunch of merch there. And we try to do like really good stuff, like our wine glasses. If you want one of the wine glasses, I made sure they're dishwasher safe. I wanted them to be good, high quality. All of this stuff, I didn't want it to be like cheapy, whatever. Uh, but we were looking into doing a candle because I really wanted to just do one seasonal candle. Like I wanted to just do maybe like a peppermint cookie, like something that I really love that I think you guys would love. But now I feel like I can't, I'm not doing it because they're all doing them. But I hope one of them does a seasonal holiday candle. And one day maybe I will, but right now I don't think it's in the cards for us. However, uh, I'd like to put that out there. Let's see, then uh, Candace decides to have dinner. She tells everyone it's going to be like a, a upscale cocktail tire. She says no jeans. And then um, they show uh, they show Giselle in jeans. <laughs> and they played that music. It was like, we're at the Munsters or something. That's what they showed. Uh, and on the way back from Surrey, so Surrey was Karen, Wendy, and Mia. And first of all, we show them getting Slurpees and snacks at the Surrey Convenient Mart. And the women are like, we got the keys to the city, and they're getting Slurpees. And that's camp, ladies and gentlemen. I know there's a lot of arguments back and forth You know, online. People say, what is camp? What does camp mean? And that's camp. C-A-M-P. That's camp. Anyway, the women on the way back... Mia tells Wendy that Giselle said she was a weak bitch, which was not exactly what happened. And we know it comes up later. You did! But it's not exactly what Giselle said, although I do think, like, what Giselle was saying was rude. And so I just appreciate Mia. I want to give her the props because she really, she was good. She was good. So they all sit down for dinner. Uh, Candace sets up a buffet style. They do shots of fireball and tequila. Candace decides to toast to friendship, which is like, what? Wendy said, I want to toast to women who are in relationships with men who don't cheat. <laughs> oh, and that's when Robin gets a call from Juan. She says, hi, my non-existent partner. And Juan's like, what the fuck? Call me back. I mean, like, what an asshole. <laughs> I know Robin's trying to uh, prove that the relationship with Juan is good. And every time she tries, it doesn't really work. And then I do almost feel very uncomfortable because, I, again, I do love Robin. And Juan is one of the best looking people we have. Uh, so I'm rooting for those two. But I feel very uncomfortable for Robin every time she tries to prove that. And then we see a clip of her on the phone with Juan where he's just like not interested in her at all. Like he's just literally ready to move on. And I feel so incredibly uncomfortable. Like it makes it makes my skin crawl a little bit. And I know she's trying to say like, "Look, we're we're all good." And it's like, "Really? Really?" Anyway, so then uh let's see. Robin says to Wendy, "So Wendy, are you ignoring me or just Giselle?" And Wendy says, "Great question." <laughs> Great question. She says, "No, I apologize." And then uh, Wendy does call out Robin's loyalty to Giselle. And look, Wendy's a good arguer. We've seen her on the cable news. And I, I wouldn't want to argue with Wendy because I feel like she, she'll win. She's very intelligent. She literally argues for a living in some ways with these political commentating uh, or doing this political commentating. So I wouldn't want to argue with her. And I don't think many of these women are great at going up against her in an argument. Earlier in the season, I do believe we had talked about this. Like some of Wendy, it felt like she was just ready to get in a feud with someone, but this feels like it's a natural feud. It doesn't feel like Wendy trying to pick fights with people. And so when I think it's natural, you wouldn't want to get into it with her. You know, don't argue with her. And then that's when Wendy says, oh, no, that's when uh, Mia says, can we talk about the real issue? Because it's with Giselle. That's what Mia says, being amazing. And then Wendy says, yeah, you called me a weak bitch. And Giselle's like, when did I call you a weak bitch? And that's when Mia's like, you did. You did. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. 
I love it. I love these women. And then uh, let's see. They, Wendy ultimately says, look, I'm good. Being in a committed relationship is vindication enough. Nothing coming from you matters, she says to Giselle. And as she's saying it, Karen's just like snapping. She's like, <laughs> like, like she's at a poetry jam or something. It's like Karen just like, yes. I love that. She's so happy. And then she says, uh, she did that. Karen says regarding Wendy, she says, thank you for being an example. And we can learn from each other. Damn it, you're an inspiration, Karen says to Wendy. I love I love Karen ass-kissing Wendy and Wendy ass-kissing to Karen. Just over their pure hatred of Giselle. They just hate Jizzy so much that they are supporting one another. What's that saying? An enemy of my... Uh, or a friend of my enemy is an enemy. Or, I don't know that saying. You know, I can't figure it out right now. My head's blurry. But you guys know what I'm saying. Then uh, the episode ends. We get the mid-season trailer. Uh, Karen and Ray are getting their vows renewed, which is the kiss of death, but it seems like their relationship's good while everyone else's is struggling. Uh, we get a Dorothy appearance, Candace's mom. She's kind of throws shade to, uh, the son-in-law. And then Juan obviously hates Robin. And then Karen, she gets an argument with people. She says, I didn't get vaccinated so I could be around you heifers. And they're all like, what's vaccinated? Like they're like trying to. <laughs> I love this show. And then we get to know G Money Thornton, who is Mia's significant other, who she tells to bring Cialis to a cast trip. And he's very odd. He also said something about Eddie's dick at one point in the midseason trailer. I'm ready to get to know him. I want to know his story. Then uh, Chris, uh, Candace's husband, he seems to get in a fight with Demon Darby. And then Candace throws salad at Mia, or Mia throws Cal- Candace uh, salad at Candace. A lot of ca- a salad tossing. Not in the sexual sense, just in the literal sense. There's salad everywhere. I feel like I'm at a chop stop restaurant. Anyway, that's the end. I'm very excited about what's to come. I'm sad that it's mid season, but they, you know they're delivering. Also, also Macy Gray. You know she tries to say goodbye and she chokes, and then here's Macy Gray on screen in front of our eyes, singing at Karen and Ray's foul renewal. So I cannot wait. That's the episode, you guys. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm doing Sex in the City bonus episodes. I'm recapping Sex in the City from the beginning at everythingiconic.store. Uh, if you, or I'm sorry, it's, uh, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month over at that website, you get access to the bonus episodes. I'm recapping Sex in the City one episode a month. Uh, with all of that said, I want to let you guys know that Potomac, I'm not sure if Potomac's off next week for the Labor Day holiday. But instead of a recap next week, I will have an interview episode. So check that out. Uh, but I just want to let you know there will be no Potomac recap out next week. I'm not even sure if Potomac's on because of the holiday. But even if it is, uh, Danny won't be because it's a holiday weekend. But there will be a new episode. So please download the new episode. i got a good interview coming up. Um, okay, with all of that said, please enjoy my chat with Shamari DeVoe. Again, we get into the BETs, the Encore stuff. We don't talk much about Atlanta Housewives. I know some of you might be upset. We talk, we touch on it briefly, but we mostly talk about her career uh, in the late 90s and the early 2000s and her work with Blueprint and Black, touring with NSYNC, all that good stuff. So without further ado, enjoy my chat with Shamari DeVoe of Blueprint and Black. Bye-bye. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. 
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Uh, Shamari, first of all, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Um, I can't complain. I'm blessed. My kids are healthy. My my husband's healthy. I'm healthy. Um, you know, um, so yeah, we're doing very well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, I, take me back to Black. And what was that experience like? How did you get involved in that girl group? So it's crazy because I was in girl groups with both Brandy and Natina prior to actually getting in black. We were in like R&B for some groups and all types of, you know, different. We did shows together. So um, we all knew each other prior to. But then Lisa ended up hooking up with Natina and Natina came to me and she was like, Shamari, like Lisa left eye Lopez wants to build a group based around me and I want you to be a part of it. So I was like, OK, great. Um, I'm down. I, I mean, all all I've ever wanted was a record deal. All I've ever wanted to do is just sing and just to use my gifts and my talent. So I, I, we needed one more girl and I knew this pretty little sexy thing, but she was 12 years old at that time. The first time I met her, but anyway, I knew her and she, um, she was so pretty. We were both born in Detroit and she sang like Janet Jackson. I was like, you know what? She's got to be in black. (laughs) So I, I caught up Brandy and she auditioned and, um, Lisa loved her and we, we started our group. Uh, I was 16 at that time. Brandy was 14, Natina was 16. And um, like six months later, Left Eye got us a record deal. (laughs) It was like so surreal. (laughs) Wild. And around, I think it was like the summer of 2000, you guys had the 808 remix, Bring It All to Me. I think you were probably filming Bring It On at the time. Was that around? Yes, um, we were filming Bring It On in 99. That's right. And we had Bring It All to Me that was out. And it was like... um, well, actually, no, we weren't filming Bring It On because Bring It All to Me came out in like the summer of 2000, I think it was. Okay. Unless my dates are off. Look, I'm getting old. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> but it must have been such a blur. I mean, to be doing all of that to be happening sort of around even within a couple of years. Was, was that all just sort of a whirlwind for you? No, it was it was so crazy. It was like, oh, my God, I'm finally living my dreams. And I never thought that I would be in a major motion picture uh, universal. We didn't even have to audition for that. Like it was like, wow, like my wildest dreams uh, finally come true. And, um, you know, it just all worked itself out. And Bring It All To Me uh, was actually because Bring It All To Me um, came out in 2000 and the movie came out in 2000, but we actually filmed it in 99. They played a clip of Bring It All To Me on Bring It On, the cheerleading movie. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, we was all walking into like the the um, chair competition and we was all looking and we gave, you know, the Toros a look and kept walking and they was playing, oh, baby, bring, bring it all to me. me. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, that song is everything. Just, it was it was so super, super cool. And um, just for all of that to happen, um, to to be on tour, our first tour ever to go on tour with NSYNC. Like, the, OK, the- tell me about that. I need to know about that. I, I'm a big J.C. Shazay fan. And I know he was singing on he did a remix of Bring It All to Me. And yes. I was feeling his Tim's his baggy jeans and his thug appeal at the time. Yeah. What was he like? So, so JC was so super, super cool. Um, JC, yes, he was on Bring It All to Me. And I mean, we just looked at them like they were our brothers because we actually were managed by the same 
a management company, Wright Entertainment Group, Johnny Wright. Um, so, you know, they were super cool. We would like run and play in the hotel rooms and knock on people's door and run and just just act like, you know, just like kids, you know. Um, and I don't know if you knew about this, but if you ever went to one of the shows, I don't know how old you are. You may have been. Like, I've, I've been to an NSYNC show before. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Okay. So like we would like take their underwear and throw it out into the crowd. Um, and, um, the, the crowd would just go crazy. It was just like, we had, we had some, some big brothers and we just really enjoyed being a part of that without even having a single on the radio to be a part of NSYNC's tour to open up for them. And nobody even know who we were. Nobody knew who black was, but yet they showed us so much love and, and they just, they just they just received us with open arms. And I was like, wow, so this is really where I need to be. Like music knows no color. You know, it's just all about just love and it's just a universal language. And I just really um, love the experiences that I've had with Black and sync and Left Eye. You know, it was it's just truly amazing and a blessing. Yeah. Was there ever any romantic stuff with the guys from NSYNC? Like, did that ever happen? <laughs> Not with me, <laughs> but um, I think Brandy and Justin might have had a little crush on each other. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Uh, OK, bring it on the movie. What do you remember sort of most from that? I know most of your scenes are with Gabrielle Union and and that movie is is still holds up. It's so it's so great. Yes. Is there something it's- that like sticks out a behind the scenes memory or something? Oh man, it's it's just it's a cheerleading cult favorite to this day. Twenty one years now later, um, what sticks out behind the scenes? Oh man, <laughs> um, just going out to eat with Gabrielle Union and just you know just talking to her and sh- her telling us about her boyfriend at the time and us just you know just just being who we are like teenagers and just young women um, and that are related to each other. Um, uh, another thing is black. We had a whole lot of drama behind the scenes. <laughs> we weren't really getting along when we shot, bring it on like that. Um, so it was kind of hard. So that's just a little tidbit of information. It was, it was kind of stressful at the same time, but yet we did it. You know, girl groups are hard, as you know, from watching <laughs> blueprint. Um, so, <laughs> but yes, it's just, um, it's all about just sticking it out and, um, and just, you know, experience success together and just making it work because ultimately this is what we all want. You know, right. we want to Sh- be in movies. <laughs> right, right. Shamari, you mentioned Blueprint and I'm so, I- I'm obsessed with the EP. Now I need more. What's your favorite song off the EP? I mean, I love Skeletons, but also Bird's Eye View. Is so, I mean, they're, it's great, yes. but what's your favorite? So I think all the tracks are super amazing, but I really, really love Bird's Eye View. Um, it just speaks to, who we are as women, where we've been, where we're going, and um, just the the trauma and and the stress, and just even living in a house for thirty days and getting to know each other and ready to just chop each other's face off, um, and then us ultimately just coming together and just having this huge, you know party on stage and having this encore performance and saying, look, although we went through all of these struggles, we did it. Look, mommy, we did it. Let's, let's, let's take a jet, you know, let's, let's do it. Like we're, we're, we're making money where we're living our dreams, even though we went through all of this, it's like, you know, it was hard, but at the end of the day, we're flying high and we're living our life. We're living our best life. So I really love a uh, bird's eye view. It speaks a lot. You know, watching the series week to week, which I thought was just fantastic reality TV. I know it was produced by Carlos King, who's a brilliant producer. He's so good. Yes. And watching every week, I had low, I don't know if low expectations for the music was the right term, but when I heard the songs, I was like, damn, this is so good. Like it's, it's so catchy. It's well produced. It, it's just it's an earworm. I mean, literally those six songs, I feel like I'm listening to over and over again. And so that I feel like was almost the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. with the yes. show. And that's what, that's what bird's eye view is about too. It's like, you know, you wouldn't know that we had such great music and such great talent because all you heard were like the first eight episodes was just us going back and forth with each other and ready and people leaving the house and arguing and fighting and you didn't get a chance to really see or hear the music. So, um, you know, it just shows that 
you know, the professionalism and how hard we worked with like, what was it like three, three days before showtime, we finally um, have the people that are going to be in the group. And now we have to go and re-record. We have to go in there and we have to learn the new formations and the choreography. And it was just like straight dedication, less work. But then we still didn't have our wardrobe to perform in until an hour before the show. So it was crazy, but that, you know, things like that happen all the time in the entertainment industry and we are super strong and we're built for this, but you know, it was, it was real. Like I, that's what I love about um, the encore. It really is the truth about <laughs> women in <laughs> girl groups. Are there cuts of the song that exist with like Nivea and, and some of the people who left the group? Like I yes. want to, I, I, was there any way that somebody could release like just so we oh, can hear? Oh my goodness, man. Probably Nivea, not, right? Nivea killed talking boy. She was so in the pocket, oh. you know, her swag. She was on, she was on talking and she sound amazing, but yes, I, I, I don't have the copies, but can, you Nivea, leak, can somebody leak that? Like talking is so good. I wish. You know what? I would have to talk to the producer about that. The engineer, yeah. um, you know, to find out because Nivea really killed talking and, and she's just such an amazing person. Her personality, she's funny. But yeah, so also with Pam, she was on some things that had to get taken off because now she's no longer part of Blueprint. She's a feature. So um, that actually, you guys got a chance to hear Pam's part when you watched Encore, which is not on the EP, but you can hear it on the live performance. And also, you know, Misha, I had to re-record Misha's part and Irish. <laughs> um, uh, Keely record, re-recorded Irish's part on um, Talking because it was written for Irish because Stilo is in the lyrics on Talking. It says something. What does it say? I know that we're supposed to be so far caught up in love, but I'm just um something anyway but it says stilo I, I can't really remember where it was said stilo and talking but that was written for irish because of 702 and gotcha. she was singing it and of course she left the house so so it was Keely, drama you know. it was good tv shamari were you nervous yeah. to get into this show i mean i a, a huge housewives fan and I, I really felt like you got to shine on encore and we got to see a version of you that we didn't really get to see on housewives you were I, after watching Encore, I was like, I need Shamari back on Housewives. Like, I, I loved her. I loved you Aww. so much on the show. Were you nervous to step into this? After yes, Atlanta? it was. Yeah, it was definitely hard, nervous because we were just, you know, coming out of 2020 and 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 leaving my family and going into a house for 30 days with women and that you you, you don't really know. Um, I was I was nervous and I didn't really look at it like I'm really going to go in there and form a real group. I thought it was just going to be a fake situation. Like, oh my God, this is, this is not real. This is, this is just for reality TV basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it actually, um, when I was in there and I started recording and, and then listening to how talented Fallon and Felicia are in the music and them writing and the producers, I'm like, yo, this, this, this is amazing. And then when we, we felt the chemistry with each other on stage. I was like, this is really a real group. So of course, a lot of my nerves started going away <laughs> right, right. because, um, you know, I, I, I looked at it like, you know, this is real work. This is, this is my love and my passion. And um, do you keep in touch with any of the Atlanta women? Well, I, well, I talked to Candy. <laughs> Todd <laughs> you know, produced Can this uh, encore, didn't he? Yes, yeah, yes. He it was actually something that um, I was a part of seven years ago with Keely, Fallon, Felicia, and Aubrey, and Carlos King and Todd um, produced it back then. And then it leaked and went viral during the pandemic. And so, um, yeah. So, yeah, Todd Tucker is one of the original executive producers from seven years ago. Um, I love Todd. I love Candy, of course. Um yeah, Candy is so supportive of Blueprint. She she loves the EP and she's like, you guys, like, come on, like, let's let's do some shows. <laughs> I just talked to her like last week. So, <laughs> OK, yeah. Now, I, what's going on with Blueprint now? Like, are we going to get more music? Are you guys going to go on the road? Because the EP really did blow up. I mean, I think it, it's yes. doing so well. I mean, I'm listening to at least, you know, half of those streams because I'm just constantly listening to it over and over again. But it's it's a huge hit. Yes, it is. And that's what we're we're actually getting on a Zoom call next <laughs> about going on the road. Um, okay. So, yes, we do have some things in place because we didn't like I said, we didn't, I didn't think it would be like a real situation, but it really is a real situation. Like people love the song. So we're going to talk about going on tour, recording more songs, the LP. 
Um, and just, you know, giving the, the people what they want. They want to see more. They want to see videos. Right. I need a video for talking. Do you think if you guys do go on tour, you would do music from each of your individual former girl groups? Yes, I would definitely bring that up. And that's something that I thought about. Um, That would be perfect because we really don't have as blueprint. We don't have enough songs to just do a full, you know, headlining tour. Um, so yes, like black, I would love for Brandy to come out and we, we, we do some black songs. I would even love for Misha and Irish to come out and, and do their 702 hits and Pam, you know, to do her gospel songs. Cause I know she's not really doing secular music anymore. Um, you know, and even Nivea, you know, I would love for that to happen. You so don't mention we'll Aubrey see. though. You guys are, you, you don't care for Aubrey, right? Um, I just don't like the way Aubrey left the house. I mean, she she really she fooled me. I thought she really was there for the group and woman empowerment and bringing us all together. Um, And then for her to just leave in the middle of the night and not say dog, rat, cat or anything. I just thought that was kind of kind of fake. Like you put on a front and then you just left. So you really didn't want this, but you acted like you wanted it. I like people to be real. I'm so real. I'm so genuine. I, if I wanted to be queen, I'm going to be a queen and really want to be a queen. I'm not just going to leave after we have a listening party, you know, and I'm queen and just jet off back to L.A. Yeah. Like. You should stay there, you know, to support if you really are into it, you did this huge display on the um, she had a huge you know, poster boards and all types of things. And I was like, yes, she's really she's really here for it. And then she left. So I, I didn't care for that. Not yeah. at all. I didn't like I, that. I wish she would have stayed too, because I love the sound of her voice. I would have loved to hear it. Yes. Um, she is. She's amazing. She can sing. She has, she can do R&B. She can do pop. Her voice is universal. And I, I she would have definitely been an asset to the group had she stayed. You know, she can dance. Oh my God. Like she's yeah. sexy. She can do it. But I, I just, I didn't like that move. I didn't like it. I felt like it was you know, a fake move. Like I didn't like it. Now, is there any talk about a season two of blueprint or of uh, the encore with all of you or like another reality show where you're recording new music or something? What are we doing there? Yes. I mean, they're definitely talking about a season two. (laughs) Um, So we haven't got that far yet, but with, as far as who is going to be a part of the season two, but they are talking about it. There are talks. Okay, there's all, there's been talks. So we'll, we'll, you guys just have to stay tuned and see. All right, Shamari, I know I have to let you go. Before I do, though, I ask a lot of my guests, or I ask all of my guests this question, a favorite Mariah Carey song. I love Mariah so much. And Oh, my God. If I have to say a favorite Mariah Carey song, I don't know. I think it would be Hero. Hero Classic. because... I love that song. It's it's so empowering. And I sang that song when I was in middle school for a talent show. And I was in the eighth grade and I won second place, but I would have won first place. But I think they felt sorry for the guy that won first place because he was singing and his music didn't work. So he had to go acapella. So, so yeah, a, I feel like I should have won. Win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. So, I mean, I love that song, Hero. I sang that then and I just sang it. Um, a month ago at my great aunt's 80th birthday. So yeah, I would have to say hero. And if you were telling people about a black song that we should pay more attention to, obviously you guys had the singles, but is there one that you love that you would tell people to go listen to like an album cut or something that was really great? Um, wow. Oh, I loved as if, I mean, I'm interrupting you here. I know that was a single, but it's like, that's another cut. It's just so good. And you know Joey Fatone was on that song. <laughs> was he really? Wait, I didn't. Yes. Know that. Yeah, he was. If you listen to the the cut as if Joey Fatone is on there, you gotta you gotta look it okay, up. Okay, I'm gonna go listen to it. Yeah. Um. Um. One of my I don't know one of my favorite songs that I feel like just didn't get as much attention was I'm good. I'm good. It's just oh my god, Rodney Jerkins, and Sean Daniels, rest in peace. Like he is like one of the best vocal producers, writers that I've ever worked with. So I'm good was really a great song where I really came out of my shell and you started to hear that I could really sing. I feel like that's when my vocal ability started to show and um, it it blew up overseas. It just didn't blow up in the United States. But if you pay attention now, there's a lot of people that still dance into a choreograph into I'm good and, and it's still being played. So I would say I'm good. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Shamari, I want everyone to uh, check out the Blueprint EP. It's so good. I'm not just saying that because I've interviewed yes. you. I'm truly obsessed. And and I was like, I've been listening to it over and over again. I was like, I have to get Shamari on the show because I just loved you on Encore. So I hope everyone checks it out and find you on social media. Where can they find you at? I'm at Shamari DeVoe everywhere. Facebook, Twitter. Do you and guys listen? Do you guys Instagram. listen to a lot of Belle Biv DeVoe or New Edition at home? Or do you guys, okay, because your husband is. Well, the we can't help but hear that le- that legendary guy's music back there. Like it comes on all the time. Like his his songs will never go out of style. Poison, Do Me, Can You Stand the Rain? Like it's just so I mean, many. Come on. Yes. Po- like, when you hear Poison, no one doesn't like. No one's not uplifted when they hear poison. It's just like, no, the they it's just the be like, ah, let's dance, let's go. That girl is poison. Never trust a big butt and a smile, but you know, I don't have a big butt, so I don't know what he saw in me. <laughs> Words to live by. Shamari, thank you so much for taking the time. I love you so much for, oh, I love for sharing uh, your story. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Bye. 